0: Hello, 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 hello. It is Crumbs of a Country Garden, episode 5. And this
1: is the second series of Comedy Who for Your Ears, yo!
0: We're Heather and, and Fur.
1: Yes, and we run New Old Friends. Amateur detective Penny Pink is determined to solve the murder at Longmeadow Hall before the rude policeman Inspector Chase, but is she asking the right people the right questions and should she trust their answers?
0: With the news the way it is, our touring work has been postponed countless times and the podcast has been a real lifeline for us.
1: Yeah, seeing it grow has let us know that we're still making people laugh and smile out there, which is a huge, huge deal for us and thank you so well, thank much you for you, sharing thank you. it.
0: Anyway, enjoy episode five. Off we go. After all that I'd learned this morning, my mind was racing and my stomach was grumbling for food. I met Perry in the kitchen and we filled each other in while we filled our faces.
1: Blimey! So Thomas had lost a bundle of cards to the gardener? Yes, but Brown was a cheat. Right. Well, that gives Thomas a bit of
0: motive, doesn't it? Not just him, but his mother too. Mrs Webster? I'm sure she knew about it and she was in Brown's bedroom the day he was poisoned. Then there's Lady Harriet.
1: Lady Harriet? Well, why would she care about Webster's watch?
0: She wouldn't, but apparently Brown was harassing her to the point where Lady Harriet threw him off the ladder.
1: No! Yes, landed on his gooseberries. Slimy. A chap will feel that. Exactly. But wait till you hear about Maisie. The maid? The one whose brother was finagled out of a job by Brown? That's the one. What's she done? She's in love with Crystal. The Frenchman? The very same. No! Yes! Or he's in love with her at any rate. But is not he promised to Lady Harriet to put an end to all this border nonsense?
0: Exactly. Like a child's bicycle. A bicycle? Never mind. Well, Christoph is all for breaking off his supposed engagement and running away with Maisie. But that would ruin him, surely. Which is exactly what Maisie said to him. Told him he'd never be happy living the life of a pauper. Called the whole thing off and told him to go and marry Lady Harriet
1: Sharpish. Wow. You found all that out this morning? I did. Your turn. My turn?
0: Yes. What did you find out in your interviews with Chase?
1: Ah. Right. Well, uh, I've told you about the Earl and his roses. And then we had Thomas. Inspector Chase didn't get nearly so much out of him as you. Right. Lady Harriet was in for a bit. She seemed on edge to me, looking very oddly at the inspector, but he was all smiles. She didn't say anything very much at all, and he let her go after a few minutes.
0: Nothing came up about poetry or ladders? Not
1: a thing. (laughs) Or gooseberries. (laughs) Inspector Chase seems to be more concerned with where people were than their relationship to the victim. You've hit upon a good angle there, Penny Girl.
0: Had I, I wondered. Surely that was basic stuff.
1: Well, then we spoke to the butler, who thought he recognised the inspector. From where? Couldn't place him. The inspector made some crack about maybe Webster having a chequered pass, which put the wind right up the butler. Really? Oh, yes. puffed right up. And Huffley says he hadn't seen anything unusual except for a woman in trousers and too many people running in his halls. (laughs) He also made the point quite strongly that he thought the process was a waste of everyone's time and we should just move on.
0: A charming man. Who was next?
1: Well, then we started speaking to the countess. How did that go? We're still going. We just had to stop to get something to eat. She does like to talk. She's offered to see if she can divine anything for us, but the inspector told her to just stick to what she actually knew herself.
0: But you're still interviewing her?
1: Yes. Drew back in about five minutes.
0: I might just come with you.
1: Oh yes, do. It'd be so nice to have you there. Helpful. Helpful, I mean. It would be helpful to have you there.
0: Perry practically skipped on the way back to the drawing room. He was like an eager little puppy, excited to play detectives with me. But of course, we weren't playing at all. Someone had been killed, and truth be told, I didn't have any idea who did it. The inspector glowered at me when I walked in and took myself off to a corner, but he didn't say anything. Perry had a seat next to the inspector and immediately opened his notebook in readiness. The Countess was sat opposite them both. She placed a bone china cup into a saucer and dabbed delicately at her lips with an embroidered napkin. Thank you, Charles. I hope Mr. Webster wasn't too gruff with you. I do enjoy a nice cup of tea with a slice of cake after lunch. Don't you, Inspector?
1: Indeed I do, Countess. But if I could just turn the conversation back to yesterday afternoon, though.
0: Of course we can. You're quite right. To business. Did you get any cake, though? Charles, did the
1: Inspector get any cake? That's quite all right, Countess. I've had all I need for lunch. Charles, if you'll excuse us, please. Of course, sir.
0: Do you have a favourite cake, Inspector? Or do you, Mr Pink? Does Mrs Pink try and fatten you up with Battenberg?
1: I don't know that I've ever seen penny baking. But I do know an interesting story about the Marquis of Milford Haven, for whom the cake is named. You see, before he became the Marquess, he was Prince Louis Alexander of Battenburg, and there Mr. was- Mr Pink! Absolutely!
0: Oh, Inspector Chase, must we press on? It's just so nice to have a chat, isn't it? It can get a bit lonely in my big old house by myself. Charles is pleasant enough in his own way, but not exactly chatty, except with the Earl's footman, Thomas. I had hoped that bringing Kristoff over would result in some conversation, but he's always over here, which I suppose I shouldn't begrudge him. He's got to get to know his fiancée. The Countess shot me a look and a wink. Did she know about Maisie? Oh, no. She just thinks she's had a vision I'm going to help Kristoff and Lady Harriet. Truth be told, the main reason I started growing roses was in the hope that Earl and I could share gardening tips and chat about their progress. I never imagined all this competition. Men are so different, don't you think, Mrs Pink?
1: Mrs Pink is here as an observer only, and even that's against my better judgement. We're investigating a murder. Please stay on track.
0: Oh, yes, of course. Oh, very sorry. Hang on. I'm picking something up here. Are you from Scotland, Inspector?
1: Obviously. I
0: thought so. I could sense it. Now let me try on you, Mr Pink. The conversation continued in this way for hours. The inspector would ask a question. The Countess would deflect it and try and talk about something else. He'd bring the conversation back in line and she'd apologise before starting up another non sequitur. It carried on so long, Charles actually brought in a light supper for us at one point. Finally, the inspector snapped.
1: I'm sorry. Please, can we return to the investigation or I'll charge you with obstruction of justice? Why were you and your footman Charles in the garden around the suspected time that Lance Brown was murdered?
0: I've already told you that I sensed something was off. My aura was all over the place. Wasn't it, Mrs. Pink? She saw it. I didn't see it, but I didn't have time to say that because Inspector Chase pressed on.
1: Yes, yes, can you perhaps be a bit more specific about exactly what and when and where you were when you felt whatever it was you felt?
0: Very well. I'd been over here checking in on Christoph. I bumped into Mrs Pink in the gardens too, and i just returned home when I felt a powerful sensation. All was not right at Longmeadow Hall. I told Charles we needed to head straight back. And did you? After a brief stop, yes.
1: What was the stop?
0: Charles insisted he deal with the De Bruhle diamond. There's been a spate of minor household thefts in the area and it's got him spooked.
1: The De Bruhle diamond?
0: Perry suddenly became animated and snapped his fingers in the air.
1: That's where I know the name De Bruley. I read about it. It's almost totally pure and about the size of a fist, isn't it? Apparently it has an absolutely fascinating optical quality when you shine a beam of light into it from an obtuse angle. You loaned it out to the Royal Society for testing a few years ago, didn't you? Yes.
0: I was hoping some of those frightfully interesting scientists might come and stay at De Bruley Court, giving me company while they conduct their experiments. But they just whisked the stone off to London.
1: Hang on. Are you telling me there's a diamond the size of a fist currently unguarded at your house, Countess?
0: Oh, no. Like I said, Charles insisted on dealing with it before we left. What does that mean? He hid it somewhere in the garden. You should have seen the inspector's face when he'd learnt such a priceless piece was so lightly guarded. I suggested he should call in some uniformed officers if he was so concerned, but I got short shrift for daring to advise him. Countess de Bruley wasn't at all phased, though. It'll be absolutely fine. It is safe where it is. I can feel it. Besides, it's gone dark now. I doubt Charles himself would be able to find it out there at this point. Chase sighed and pinched the end of his moustache.
1: I suppose you're right. I hadn't realised it had gotten so late. Let's all get a good night's sleep and start afresh in the morning.
0: The effect of a sleepless night and an entire day spent focusing his mind had caught up with Perry. We were spared the awkward dance of getting ready for bed from the night before because as soon as we made it back to our room, he slipped off his shoes and fell asleep on top of the sheets fully clothed. Part of me briefly considered removing his suit for him while he slept, but I couldn't face it. Sleep was not as easy for me to come by. I lay there turning the facts of the case over in my mind. We'd been hired to investigate the murder of some roses, but had become embroiled in the murder of an unpopular gardener. Were the two things linked? Half the house seemed to have it in for Lance Brown, and nobody was sad to see him go. But there's a fine line between not liking someone and wanting them dead. I didn't like the rude inspector who was heading up the case, but at least he was letting Perry and me help, I suppose. What was that? I heard a noise which sounded like the door to the garden. I steeled myself and crept out of bed to investigate. I snuck along the corridor. My heart was pounding in my chest. Was I about to come face to face with a killer? I made it to the end of the corridor and faced the outside
1: door. Ah! Ah, Quiet! Quiet, you'll wake the whole house! Oh, Inspector Chase, sorry. Did you hear something too?
0: I did. Was anyone out there?
1: Not that I can see, but it's pitch black. By the time I fetched the torch, if anybody was out there, they'd be long gone. I don't
0: know if it was the lateness of the hour, the fact that we were whispering, or the pale blue light cast by the moon, but for the first time since we met, Inspector Chase looked kindly at me.
2: You're a brave wee lassie,
1: aren't you? Smart, too. I see that now. Look, I have a hunch I need to follow up on back at the station first thing tomorrow morning. Can you hold the fort here until I'm back around lunchtime?
0: He cut my chin in the crook of his finger and I heard myself say in a little voice, Yes, sir. He wished me good night and strode towards the stairs. I returned to my room, which I was sharing with Perry with a slightly odd feeling in my stomach. After my encounter with Chase, I finally fell asleep but was woken earlier than I would have liked by someone knocking at the door. Blimey,
2: someone's knocking at the door.
0: Thank you, Perry, I can hear that. I was a bit irritable because I was so tired. Perry wasn't moving to answer the door, despite being still dressed. So I threw on my trousers and yesterday's blouse and padded over.
2: Hello? Mrs Pink, can I speak with your husband, please?
0: He's not quite up yet, Mr Webster. Just give us a moment, would you? Perry, get up! The butler wants to speak
1: with you. But, Bernie, studies have shown that sleep is of utmost importance to a healthy mind. Perry Pink, you'll get up this instant! Yes, Penny, of course. Sorry.
0: Perry reacted smartly to my scolding and stood up and smoothed down his suit before opening the door.
1: Mr Webster, how can I be of service? You need to come with me, sir. I have something which requires your detective's mind. Well, we'll be wanting Penny, Mrs Pink in that case. Penny girl? Very well. But perhaps she could at least straighten her hair. We do have standards to keep up.
0: I tamed my hair as fast as I could and followed Perry and Mr Webster along the corridor to Maisie's room. The maid was sat on the edge of her bed sobbing quietly. Oh, Maisie, what's wrong? What's happened? It's not what it looks like, Mrs Pink. It's not, I promise. Mr Webster, can you explain what's going on?
1: I noted Maisie was behind on her morning chores, getting the rain shot, putting the kettle on, ETC... Etc. Bless you. Never mind. So I came to check on her. I popped my head in, and perhaps I should have knocked, but breakfast would get in later by the second. Anyway, what do you think I saw? What? Maisie.
0: I didn't know how to get rid of it. Get rid of what? This. The miserable girl pulled a red box from underneath her and handed it over. It had dieback written across it in large yellow and black lettering and underneath the warning not to be ingested. Blimey. Is this poison? It is. Maisie, what are you doing with a box of poison? It's for the roses, Mrs Pink, just for the roses. I think you better explain just what's happened here. Oh. <sighs> I knew Lance was behind Mark getting fired, and he didn't even try and hide it. He was always gloating, but it wasn't really the poem what done for Mark. It was the Earl's favourite rose dying what tipped the scales. So I thought if the roses carried on dying while Lance was here, maybe the Earl would get rid of Lance and bring back Mark. But I promise I only put it on the roses. Perry took this in and turned to the butler.
1: Why didn't you get the inspector straight away? I don't like him. His hair's all slick and there's something about him I don't trust. But of course, I would have got him. However, he uh, he left at first light. I saw him walking up the drive, practically running actually, most undignified.
0: That's right, he's got something to check at the station. I didn't get a chance to lay out a plan because the four of us were suddenly joined in the small room by a fifth. Christoph burst in with his chest bared and arose between his teeth.
1: My darling, I cannot go another second without you. Tell me the madness of yesterday is gone. Tell me why your room is so full. <coughs> Bonjour. Just what the devil's going on here?
0: Christophe was hurriedly rebuttoning his shirt. Monsieur Dabruli has come to ask me if I have found Lady Harriet, his beloved's hercle, clip, I'm sure.
1: It didn't sound like it. It did not sound like it, because it was not it. What it was it, is, was, is... I
2: am in love With
0: Lady Harry With
2: Maisie Unacceptable I do not care (laughs)
1: Cried
0: Christophe Pulling his shirt open To reveal his chest once more I do Cried Maisie Burying her face in her hands I do Cried Mr Webster Who had turned as red as the rose Christophe now clutched to his open breast I don't really have an opinion Cried Perry Who I just think wanted to be involved Webster was utterly furious.
2: Now, you listen here, you Gallic gadfly.
1: You are the last eligible suitor of Lady Harriet Longmeadow, and you're going to marry her and provide heirs to this great English line. No, monsieur, I am not, I am sorry. My heart belongs to a Nazaire. I don't care about your art. I care about this house. It has been owned by a Longmeadow and run by a Webster for over 200 years, and it will not stop on my watch. You are going to marry Lady Harriet, isn't he, Maisie?
0: I've already tried to turn that, sir.
1: She has, actually. Penny heard her. Perry! Sorry. Well, Mrs Pink can confirm I said I would not marry Lady Harriet. I will only marry Maisie.
0: He must have forgotten his shirt was already open because he made a tear at the buttons which had long since scattered to the floor.
1: Well, it might interest you to know that your beloved little strumpet here is the number one suspect in the murder of Lance Brown. What?
0: I'm not sure we're saying that exactly.
1: She's got poison hidden in her room.
0: Yes, but it is poison specifically designed for gardeners.
1: Brown was a bloody gardener. That is a good point, Penny. Actually, is it? I'd say things don't look too good for Miss Mims. Even if she can prove she didn't poison the gardener, the Earl is likely to take a very dim view of her poisoning his roses. He's a very influential man, the Earl. He could easily see to it she doesn't ever work again.
0: I have to work. I'm the only one bringing in any money in the whole family after Mark got sacked.
1: The way I see it, you staying in work relies on Mr de Bruley here, doesn't it? What do you mean?
0: What he means is blackmail, monsieur.
1: Blackmail? Ow! Oh, you marry Lady Harriet and I'll keep quiet about Maisie and the roses. No, I refuse.
0: Christoph, my darling, you have to. I'll be ruined. My whole family will be ruined. If you love me, you must. Please.
1: I would do anything for you.
0: Then do this.
1: So be it. I will marry Lady Harriet, but I will not love her. Not my concern, sir. Of course. If it turns out Maisie did kill Mr Brown, I'll deny all this and you're on your own. Of course.
0: I didn't do it. Pinks? Perry and I looked at each other. I didn't think for a second Maisie had killed Lance, and we were already keeping secrets from the police. What was one more? We both nodded our assent. The butler barged out of the room telling Christoph he should be upstairs in the next hour with a proposal, and I pulled Perry back into our room to give the star-crossed lovers a chance to say goodbye in private.
1: Pennygirl... Can I ask you a question?
0: I really don't think the maid is the murderer, if that's what you're wondering, Perry.
1: No, no, it's not that. I just wondered if you think Christoph sews the buttons back onto his own shirts, or or does he get the maid to do it? Does he have to just buy new shirts? It didn't look like the first time he'd ripped one open, did it? It'd be expensive.
0: No, Perry, you're right, it didn't. We might not have ripped any of our clothes, but we both still needed to tidy ourselves up a bit before we headed upstairs. We turned away from one another while we adjusted our outfits, But I caught a glimpse of Perry coyly miming, tearing his shirt open like Christoph before he carefully undid each button and put on a clean one. Once we were presentable, we made our way to the drawing room to see if Christoph was going to follow through on his promise to Mr Webster. Word must have spread because the drawing room was full. Off to one side, the Countess had buttonholed the Earl and the pair were talking animatedly about roses.
2: I think two inches of mulch is too little, don't you?
0: Well, you see, dear, I like to listen to my roses, you know,
2: hear what they're feeling. Listen to them? I've spoken to them, but they've never spoken back. What do they say? They tell of past lives. Do you believe in reincarnation? It's really only roses I like. Carnations are fine, but they can't compete with roses.
0: Mrs. Webster was hovering by the fireplace, pretending to be winding the clock, but I was certain Mr. Webster had told her what was imminent. He was stood proudly by the door, his steely gaze fixed on Christoph, who, in a fresh shirt, was sat in a corner with a book perched unread on his lap. My heart went out to poor Maisie, who was waiting demurely behind her mistress, Lady Harriet, with her head down. I could sense the struggle that was raging within her. Harriet was staring out of the window, scanning the horizon and biting her lip. I couldn't guess what she might be thinking just at that moment. As Perry and I came in, her head snapped around and her expression fell into a glare as she spotted us. Sorry, what are you two doing here? I thought Rod... uh, Inspector Chase was away, so the investigation was paused just for the moment. I really don't think it proper you being here with us, do you? Her father waved a precatory hand at his headstrong daughter.
2: Oh, leave them be, Harriet. I had a lovely chat with Mr Pink about the cross-pollination of roses, so I'm sure a little social cross-pollination will be also fine. Actually, Mr Pink, what do you know about carnations? The Countess is trying to tell me something about them, but I'm not sure I follow. There's a breed that after it dies comes back as a different flower, or like an annual, but different.
0: If you insist, Father. But I'll not stoop to talk to the help myself if it's all the same to you. She gave me another glare. You'll have to content yourself with a book from the shelves there. Can you read? Yes, Your Ladyship. Thank you. I selected a volume of poetry about the English rose and let it fall open in my hands. I looked at the page but was taking nothing in. I was poised, ready for Christophe to make his move. There was an aching silence filled only by the ticking of the clock on the mantel Mrs Webster was now pretending to dust and a car pulling up into the driveway. Evidently it was too much tension for the housekeeper to take and she broke the silence. Mr Webster, perhaps his lordship and his guests would like a drink. Doesn't he usually take a small glass of wine around now? A rush of colour came to the butler's face and he gave his wife a look of extreme displeasure.
1: Well, actually, I'm afraid I seem to have allowed the seller to get a little low on wine just at the moment. Uh, more will be coming from the vintners next week, but perhaps something stronger. A uh, sherry, maybe.
0: I was thinking a sherry would be perfect. You must have picked up on it. Perhaps my gift is getting stronger.
1: Yes, perhaps, Countess. Lady Harriet, would you care for a drink?
0: Of course I would, Webster. Don't be stingy on the size, either.
1: Mr de Bruley, a drink? Oh, I am sorry, sir. Am I interrupting you? No, no, it's fine. Are you sure, sir? It looked as if you were going to say something there.
0: Webster's eyes were halfway out of his skull. He was grimacing so intensely at Christophe. The Frenchman glanced up at him and realised the time had come for him to act. He stood and cleared his throat. <clears> throat>
1: Excuse me, your lordship, ma tante. "'Could I please have a moment of your attention? "'There is something I would very much like to say to Lady Harriet.'
0: Ho! Oh, one doesn't have to be clairvoyant for this, does one?' "'What? Who's Clare?' "'The Countess playfully hit the Earl's arm and pointed to Christoph. "'All eyes were now trained upon him, except for Maisies, "'which were burrowing into the floor. "'He took a step forward toward Lady Harriet and went down on one knee.' The poor thing looked up at last to see Christophe take Harriet's hand in his, but from the angle of his jaw I think his eyes were looking beyond Lady Harriet and deeply into his true loves.
1: What I do and say now I do out of the deepest, truest love imaginable. When I came here to this place I did not expect to find love. I admit that now. I was just fulfilling my aunt's wish. But from the first moment I laid eyes on you I was entranced. uh, You bewitched me with your beauty and then ensnared my art with your wit and your delicious laughter.
2: Wit and laughter? Is he talking about my Harriet? Shush, your lordship. So, without further ado,
1: I, Christophe de Brule, am humbly asking for...
0: Christophe swallowed hard. I was unsure if he was going to continue. Just at that moment the door swung open and Inspector Chase appeared. (laughs)
1: "'Sorry to barge in at wine time. I've been away checking something at the st "'Hey, what's going on here then?' (laughs) "'Inspector Chase!'
0: Christoph dropped Harriet's hand, and both he and Harriet stared with open mouths at the policeman. I knew Christophe's expression to be relief, but what prompted her ladyships I could not say.
1: "'Excuse me, Inspector, but I think Mr De Bruley was just in the middle of something. "'Oh, it can't wait if the Inspector has news!'
0: "'Inspector Chase clenched his jaw and looked at Christophe down on one knee in front of Harriet.' I could see him processing the information. Perhaps he was weighing up whether to let the scene play out, but then he said with a snap in his voice...
1: Is he now? Well, I'm sorry, but there's been a bloody murder, and I've got some questions for the monsieur that I want answered. So, whatever this is, we'll just have to wait, eh?
0: I was intrigued to know what the inspector wanted to ask Christoph, and if it had anything to do with his hunch which had taken him away this morning. Before anyone could move, the door opened once more. This time, Charles was stood in the gap when the wood swung back... (laughs)
1: He's gone! Countess, the Dubroly diamond is gone! The inspector's entrance
0: had caused a minor stir in the group, but this news was bigger again.
1: Are you sure, boy? I'm sure.
0: We need to call the police! I
1: am the police, and I'm going to solve this and the murder both. They'll make me a captain for this.
0: Are you sure you don't want the extra men?
1: Don't need them. Take a look around. Only one person missing. I'd say we've got ourselves a suspect.
0: It didn't take long to spot that Thomas Webster wasn't among the assembled throng. Had I been wrong about him? Could he have killed Lance to settle one debt, and now robbed a countess to finance a new life? What we found when we visited his room didn't look
1: good. Uh Uh-oh, has Thomas been a naughty boy? Or maybe Maisie with the poison?
0: Don't forget Mr and Mrs Webster, either. In fact, almost everyone is a suspect.
1: Well, not the countess, though, surely? She's lovely. Who knows? We know, Heather. We've read it, and I think the countess is lovely. Um, yeah. Anyway, please do take a moment to rate the podcast on iTunes. That really helps or share it with your friends on social media or in real life, you know, when you, if we're allowed to meet up, hopefully, by the time this goes out.
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe. And thank you so much to those of you who have bought a virtual coffee through our website. It
1: really means a lot. It's huge. Thank you.
0: And we'll see you soon for the final episode.
1: Ooh, the final episode.
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: Crimes of a Country Garden is part of Comedy Who Done It's for Your Ears, a New Old Friends production. Performed by Heather Westwell and Fergus Woods Dunlop, who also writes the show, with music and sound from Fred Riding.